Hi, it's Ashley, and we're back on the Kick-Ash Live podcast. And today, a friend of mine said to me, Teresa said, if something comes up three times, you need to take a look at it. And by the way, Teresa wrote a great book called Do What Matters, Teresa McCloy. I urge you to check it out, especially as we start to move into the season of planning for the next year. It's a great book. But Teresa said, if something comes up three times, you need to take a look at it. And that landed. And I grabbed the microphone because not only do we need to take a look at it, we're going to talk about it. So I have this process for negotiations that I developed from my days as a litigation partner at a major law firm. I was in conflict. I made my living in conflict, right? Um, And there were a number of negotiations, small negotiations that happened on a day-to-day basis in terms of managing teams, but often large negotiations where there's a case at hand and a lawsuit and a dispute and how are we going to get to the point where we can resolve this without taking this all the way through the court system? So here's my process. It's called take a beat and beat is an acronym that I'll share in a minute. This whole thing came out of a discussion with my friend and speaking coach, Alex street. And I'm going to tell you, Alex is so great at holding space for ideas and emotions and all the things. I'm going to put his information and Teresa's in the show notes. If you're curious, for sure, we cannot do this alone. We need one another to push us forward and to spark ideas. But, you know, I'll go on a tangent. So back to Teresa's point, this take a beat process has come up three times very recently for me. Once was in a business context. Once was in my own effort to sort out my own thinking on some issues in representing clients. And once was sitting with friends trying to make a difficult and uncertain decision or to walk that process with them. So, you know, let's start with the business context. There was a colleague in my mastermind group who was sharing about a falling out with a client in her business. It was a disintegration of a relationship that was both unexpected and painful. And believe me, I've been there myself and it's brutal. It's hard and it's hurtful. And I'll tell you the disintegration of a business relationship, because business is never just business or very rarely, particularly when it's a small business or your own business, you know, they become friendships intertwined with the business. And so that disintegration can be deeply painful and very hard to process. And I'll tell you, when I, when I worked at the law firm, some of the cases that I handled, not all of them, but some of them involved the parting of ways, the parting of ways of business partners or of companies that had worked together under contract for years. And those tracks, they, they grew deeply over time. And so when there's a parting, I used to call these cases corporate divorce because that's what it was. And more often than not, those lawsuits would settle, but only and only after enough time had passed for the wounds to begin to heal. Corporate divorce. So that's really what 
this friend was in the process of, right? Of, of when we when we end a relationship with a client and it doesn't end the way we'd like for it to. And so I shared this process with my group and I hope you can see its practical applications from a business standpoint. I'll share that perspective. And I've also needed to put this into practice professionally recently. Recently, I have had an opportunity to work with some corporate clients to help manage their litigation. And that involves troubleshooting problems. For instance, problems with customers or suppliers before it ever turns into litigation, before it becomes a court case. What can we do to solve the problem? That's business, right? Then I wanted to share with you at the end of this how it can help as we enter the hard conversations and we need to make difficult decisions about life. Okay. So first we're going to talk about conflict. Don't turn this off just yet, because if you felt the urge to turn this off, when I raised the term conflict, you might be like me, a conflict avoider. Funny, right? Since I made my living in conflict and high stakes litigation for many years. Um, yeah, it's a whole thing, a discussion for another day, maybe, but conflict is natural. It's just the way we're built and negotiations are necessary in business and in life. And, you know, it's one thing to compromise our position, but finding a way to compromise in position, but not compromise our integrity, that's just healthy. And I think, you know, what I've observed over the years is in any good negotiation, in any negotiation that is aligned with folks' best intentions and values, there's really no clear winner. And so I've seen this over the years in court cases where dominating your opponent might feel really good in the moment, but the thrill of the kill is short-lived and ultimately, I would suggest unfulfilling. It's certainly not relationship building. The real win, if at all possible, I think is in solving the problem in a way that advances goals and expands relationships in a way that, you know, doesn't burn bridges. Sometimes you have to, sometimes that's just the way, but if there's a way to solve the problem that's expansive, uh, just, it can be a beautiful thing as a way to roll through conflict. And so after 20 years in really high profile, high stakes, what we call bet the company litigation, like everything is on the line. I learned number one, to know your conflict threshold. Yeah. Like understand your natural instinct when you're faced with a challenge. Do you avoid it? Do you thrive in it? Do you seek it out? And how does that affect your interactions, right? Know it and then get centered. Because if you approach a negotiation from either end of that spectrum, either from conflict avoidance or thriving in conflict, I love you. I don't understand you, but I love you. You know, if you, if you go from one end of the spectrum or the other, you're going to be off balance. So there's got to be a way to get centered. And so that's the second point. The major point is embrace the power of the pause. And so I call it take a beat. 
And BEAT stands for breathe, evaluate, assess, and then talk, right? Like prize fighters. Yeah, they take a breather in between rounds. And football players, they rest and they regroup because they have halftime. They recenter themselves. They get a pep talk, right? They take a pause. Or if you're into the arts, I mean, my son is in theater and lives for it. So perhaps it's an intermission. However you want to look at it, we know that the experts, the folks who are at the top of their field, both in sports and the arts and business, they learn how to press pause in a meaningful way. So this is, it's maybe a 10 minute pen to paper exercise that you can do in advance of a negotiation, in advance of a hard discussion, in advance of walking into something where you know there's going to be conflict. And with practice, I'll tell you, and I'll tell you a story as we go, you can actually do this take a beat exercise by simply taking two seconds in the heat of the moment to do the very first thing, and that is breathe. Yeah? Take one deep breath in and then exhale slowly. Maintain eye contact with the other person if you can. Or you might find that looking away, looking out the window, or looking at your notes as you do it is just as effective for you. But just one deep breath can shift your entire physiology. It can calm your heart rate. It can allow you to recenter so that you can not be reactive so that the reaction is not out of anger and it lets you take control of the moment. And I want to tell you a story about this. Or it's, actually, I've got two stories on this. So there's one where I was um, in a case where there was there's a lot of money at stake. I, not just that, but an entire way of doing business for this company was at stake. And we were about three years in and we got this adverse ruling from the court that at first blush was devastating, ultimately ended up being good and fine. And we litigated for probably seven years in total. It was that kind of thing. But in the moment, I was in a conference room with a bunch of attorneys on the case. Um, There were probably seven or eight of us. And there was there was shouting and frustration and grabbing of hair and pounding of the table and understandably frustrated. It was, the stakes were huge. And in the middle of all of it, this fella, Neil, looked over at me and he just stopped and he goes, why are you so goddamn calm? Yeah. I still laugh about it. Why are you so goddamn calm? You know why? Because we can't solve the problem until we take a breath and start to ask meaningful questions. I'll tell you another way that the power of the breath comes into play. Here's another story. So I was in this mediation, this conflict resolution situation where a mediator sits both sides down and listens to their arguments or the facts as presented and then helps 
to push the parties back and forth, identifying their weaker points and their stronger points and trying to mediate a resolution because clearly they haven't been able to do that on their own so far. And I was in this conference room down in Tampa, Florida, and there was this long conference table and our backs were against the window and the other side, they were on the other side of the table and they were facing us. And, and this guy, the lead counsel was probably six foot seven, six foot eight. I don't know. He gets bigger every time I tell the story to be fair, but he was a former football player. He was a big guy and he got wound up. And I think his strategy was to intimidate me because I was at that time lead counsel for our client. And this big old fella leaned across the table and pounded on it and got in my face. And I, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm like, you don't know me. You don't know where I've been in my personal life at the time. So that was nothing, right? So he's pounding on the table and he gets in my face and he finally stops running his mouth. And I just, at that moment, took a really deep breath. I breathed in and I breathed out and I never lost eye contact. And I said to him, is that all you've got? Is that all you've got? Very quietly, very measuredly. My client was sitting next to me and um, I heard him (laughs) under his breath go, damn, because in that moment, the entire leverage in the room shifted. Is that all you've got? And we ended up settling and we settled quite favorably for my friend and client. And yeah, but that is the power of taking a breath. It can shift the leverage. It can shift your mindset. And if nothing else, it'll help you just get present and focused and centered. All right. That's the B. Breathe. Next is evaluate. So take a moment to evaluate the available information. What facts do you have? What facts do you know? What information do you not know? What do you need to know? And if it's something that you don't know, is it information that's going to be available or is it just something that you're not going to know and you you need to know that? That sounded silly, but anyway, you know what I mean. Is it information that's accessible or do you need to accept that you're going to have to make a decision or a negotiation or a compromise not knowing certain things? That's natural to conflict and compromise. Also under evaluate, evaluate what is their motivation. Take yourself out of it. What do you know about their history, about their goals? Consider what might be their side of the story. Consider for a moment that they truly believe that they are right here. Why is that? And then consider under the category of what is their motivation, from what emotional space are they operating? Is it negative? Is it anger or grief or fear or trauma, embarrassment, shame, arrogance, entitlement, spite, okay? I could go on with the negatives. Or can you find something positive in their intentions? Are they actually operating out of hope or kindness or compassion or optimism? 
And what do they need to resolve this? What would help them resolve the issue? And something that I think comes up here a lot, a good tool to resort to is Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I'm sure you've heard of it, but it is a model for understanding how human behavior is motivated. And so it puts different motivations into a pyramid and starting with the bottom, starting with the base, each level represents a different human need. So it starts with physiological needs, you know, food, shelter, right? The basics. What am I going to eat today? The next level up is safety. And then there's love and belonging. And then there's self-esteem. And then there's self-actualization. So that's Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I'm not going to dive into it any further here, but definitely look it up. And if you're headed into conflict or a tough discussion or tough situation, then this is a really good way to start to think about where someone else is and what might be motivating them. And then also evaluate what are your goals? What are your motivations? Set aside winning. What do you actually want to happen here? What would that serve? Who would that benefit and why? And where are you on Maslow's hierarchy? What's motivating you? Is this actually what you want to be your motivator? And how is this affecting your emotions right now? All of these are available information that we can evaluate in the moment that will help us take ourselves out of the situation and sort of view from 10,000 feet, look at what's going on. And next is in the take a beat uh, model is assess. Now that sounds a lot like evaluate, but I break it out a little bit differently. Assess some softer things. What are my options? Assess what are my options? Consider every possibility because rarely is there just one option. So try not to get locked into binary thinking. Get creative. Creativity often resolves conflict. Also assess what is my pacing? How do I see this playing out? Is this a discussion that should be held in person? Will slowing the exchange help or am I just trying to avoid a problem? Yeah. Could accelerating the process, could accelerating the discussion create some leverage? And if so, for who? Will taking additional time help me learn something new or do I already know what I need to know? And what is a reasonable time frame for correcting the problem? Or is it a problem that is just not going to be solved. In that instance, inaction only drags the problem out, right? So also in terms of pacing, one other thing is, is there a transition necessary? And if so, what's the transition timeline? How much time is it going to take to move from point A where we are to point B where we need to be? So assess the pacing assess the pacing and also assess what are my values? What are my values here? Remind yourself of these. If there's time before the negotiation, 
write them down. Are there values of yours that are at play here in this discussion? And is your position in this in alignment with your values? I mean, how do you want to feel long-term about your approach and how is your approach going to affect your interactions with others long-term? And is that consistent with your values? I find that question to be so helpful in the assess category. And now the very last piece of it is, so you breathe, evaluate, assess, and then talk. Because if we just start talking, we're not going to end up anywhere. We're just talking in circles, right? But at last, the very last thing is now you talk. So what do you talk about? First of all, stay curious. Instead of saying what you know, what do you need to know? Ask questions. What do I want to know here? Questions are such a great tool for diffusing a heated situation. And it also can let you take control of a situation if you need to in that moment, or at least earn credibility for being curious about the other side's position, about the other side's knowledge, about their facts, about their understanding. Now is the time to gather information that you need in order to make a rational decision. And once you've done that, talk about your position, state it, be clear and concise and direct and come from a position of strength. But remember, remember that arrogance does not serve you. It doesn't serve anybody, really. So talk and share your position from a position of strength, but not of arrogance or not of um, even bullying. I've seen so much of that over the years. That doesn't really, in the long run, make progress. And then as you talk, understand your end game. Engage in the conversation with a long-term plan in mind. And please don't let fear or anger or animosity or intimidation throw you off your path. Just know that conflict is temporary and a healthy compromise is not a loss. In any good negotiation, there is no one clear winner or loser. Every negotiation is a learning opportunity, but if you find yourself in the same negotiation time and again with no progress being made, like a total groundhog day, right? That's not a healthy situation and it's time to break the pattern. And if the take a beat process doesn't shift the pattern, that's definitely the time to bring in a third party to help you mediate or navigate the situation. So there's the business side of it, but I want to think about this in a different way. And this is how it came up. I was about a week ago sitting on a boat with some friends and it was so good to be together. So good. It was a beautiful fall day and we were out on a lake together. But I'll tell you that it was not a joy ride <laughs> at all because five of us went to the lake to talk about a really difficult life decision that one of the dearest couples I know is facing. 
And when they asked me what I thought, I didn't have an answer. And there's no good answer here. This is one of those things where there is no clear, no ideal answer. And so I said, all right, make a list of what you do know and make a list of what you don't know. And on that list of what you don't know, what information is available and what information simply is not available and is not going to be available. And one of the friends said to me later, gosh, that was such a lawyer answer. And I said, look, you can take the girl out of the courtroom, but right. So with that friend, I shared my take a beat process because I think there's something to this in life as well. And here it is again, but through the lens of life and not business. Yeah. Again, those are so intermingled, but first breathe. It may be impossible in this moment, in a very difficult moment to get fully centered, but a deep breath will shift your physiology. It will calm your heart. Even if it's just for a moment, just for a moment's respite from the tough thing and then evaluate. Just like I said, what information do you have? What facts do you know? And what information do you not have? Can you get that information? If this is one of those situations where you find yourself in personal conflict or deep disagreement, consider what's the other person's motivation and what's the emotional space they're operating from? What do you know about where where the conflicts coming from for them and from their perspective, what are their intentions? Try to view it from a space of their intentions being the, the best, at least from their perspective. And then what is your motivation? What are your goals? How do you want to emerge from this conflict or how do you want to show up in this difficult moment, this challenge? And then assess, assess, what are the options? Again, don't get locked into binary thinking, be creative, know what the options are and, and think about them from different angles and different perspectives and, and learn as much as you can assess. What are the options? And then assess, what is my pacing? Is there a timeline on this decision with this issue? be better served by speeding up a decision or slowing it down, not avoiding it, just giving it time to breathe. And then assess which of the options that I'm presented with here is most aligned with my values. Which of my values is at stake here? And then talk, breathe, evaluate, assess, and then talk, stay curious, ask questions. If there's information you identified in the evaluate segment as needed and available, ask for that information. Talk by stating your position and sharing that with the people who love you, who are navigating this with you and do your best to articulate what is on your heart with love. And then talk about the end result you want to achieve. Of course, there are no guarantees, but 
in a conflict or in a decision-making discussion, engage the conversation from a place of transparency and sincerity and be prepared for a healthy compromise. And sometimes we can only make the best decision we can in the moment with the information available. We just take a deep breath and we commit to that decision with our whole hearts, not second guessing along the way because second guessing will keep us stuck. And sometimes we have to just make the best decision we can in that moment and move forward in faith and with love. Mm. The stuff is not easy, but it's the stuff of life. And I'm so grateful to be doing life with some really beautiful people in my life, doing business with some incredible brains in my life. It's such a blessing. And so I share this in the hope that it helps you. If you'd like, I have a worksheet that I use and I use it regularly to help sort out my thinking, particularly when I'm facing conflict or needing to make a difficult decision in business and in life. And I told you when we launched this whole podcast, I feel there's such a symbiotic relationship between business experiences. And, oh, Apollo. Take a beat, Apollo. <laughs> I feel like there's such a symbiotic relationship between business events and life events. What we learn in business and what we learn in life they each inform the other, right? And I haven't fully figured out a way to disentangle those. And I'm not sure that I want to, but anyway, I would love it if you would send me a DM on Instagram at kickash life, or you can send me an email to ash at kickashlife.com. And I would be happy to send you my worksheet because I use it regularly. And if it would serve you, if it would help you, I'd love to share that with you. I'm also going to write some more about this in my Substack blog, which comes out every Sunday. And the link for that is in the show notes. So maybe that would be a reference tool for you. Or if you didn't want to take notes because you were driving or doing the laundry or the dishes or walking the dogs while, um, while you were listening, then you could find this in a more concrete way on my Substack blog. That'll be in the show notes. And let me know, please, if this helps you, if you feel that this could help a friend, then please pass it along because we're all just doing life together and life is very often full of conflict. I'll be back next week, back to conversations with some amazing guests because again, in sharing our stories, in sharing life together, we have so much to learn by simply considering others' views and perspectives and passions and concerns and struggles and joys. So stick around. And remember that you are love and light. You are health and wealth. You are joy and strength. And you are fire and grace. Mm-hmm.